This is Dojo Live, Tech Without Borders, stories that bring us together. Hello, that was really, really fast. <laughs> Welcome to Dojo Live this Thursday, August 3rd, 2023. My name is Kim Lantis, and it's my pleasure to be joined by co-host America Guerrero once again. Hello, everybody. Hi, Lori. Hi, Kim. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Lori. Our guest of honor today, Lori Schaefer, is the CEO of Digital Wave Technology, and we're very excited to be speaking with you today. Thank you so much, ladies. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, and it's always super exciting. I might be a bit partial here, not impartial. It's always exciting for me when we get to speak to female leadership here on, on Dojo Live. All right, we're breaking, we're breaking ground that, that, uh, that percentage is increasing, but not increasing quite enough to my liking. So, so it's great to have this balance. Um, well, I've, been, I've been groundbreaking my whole life. So. I love it. And we're going to talk about that story. And I think that's a really great intro, actually. You know, before we get into riding the digital wave and unleashing AI's potential for products, we'd like to know your story, Lori. What's your story? What's your passion? And what's led up to digital wave technology? Well, what's my story? What's my passion? Um, I have plenty of passions, both inside of work and outside of work. Um, I will say that um, I'll start with passions. Um, I'm a both a creative person and a technical person at the same time. So I like whenever creativity and technology meet. Um, I've, I love the ocean, digital wave. Um, I love uh, sports. I love photography. Um, those are some of my passions. Uh, with respect to work, um, I started my career with Procter & Gamble and um, started with uh, way back when, about 30 years ago, with uh, what's called operations research, which is kind of the predecessor to artificial intelligence. A lot of mathematics. I worked at P&G developing models to help them with advertising. And then I decided I liked branding, brand management, and sales better than I liked coding. So uh, my career kind of combined the two. Uh, I then moved into retail and retail technology. I built a few startups. Uh, so I went from very large company to small companies. And then I sold one of those startups to a very large analytic technology company, a global company, a uh, multi-billion dollar analytics company. Um, and then um, I decided once again, after many years there at an executive level, that it, I really wanted to pursue my passion again, which is entrepreneurship. And so um, that's how we got to Digital Wave. Uh, that's awesome. And uh, what about Digital Wave? I mean, I love the name. I love the, I, the logo there. What is it that you're doing and the problem that you're solving? Great question. So Digital Wave is a strategic, strategic partner, we like to say, to both brands and retailers. Um, and what we do is we accelerate the omni-channel sales. So brands and retailers sell products. And those products nowadays, as we all know, the customer journey in purchasing those products is both online through many different um, selections. The customer may be in, they may be on a website, they may be um, in a, you know, a place like Amazon or, or other marketplaces, they may be on Pinterest, they may be on Instagram, on TikTok. 
And um, they may be in the store. And every product, we have to tell that story wherever that customer shops. And so what we do, we're a software as a service company, digital wave technology. And basically what we do is we tell one, we, we collect all of that product information. Uh, we integrate the systems behind the scenes that these large companies use, enterprise software. And we collect all that product in, information, data and information in one single place. As we say, it's one single version of the truth. And then we allow um, those companies to tell a much better and rich product story through video, through images, through product descriptions and attribution. And then we publish that out so that uh, whenever a customer goes to each of those different places, we have the same brand story, the same brand equity. For huh. sure, it is like a consulting slash SaaS slash service slash partnership. I see that there is a notion of information, right? What, what is the analogy with this logo and what you just shared about your company? You mean in terms of the Digital Wave logo, America? Yes. Yes, yes. that's a great question. Um, so... We named the company Digital Wave. Uh, two partners, um, investors and myself, um, started the company. Uh, we chose the name Digital Wave Technology, uh, plain and simply because, number one, in technology, technology happens to come in large waves. About every decade, there is a significant change in technology. When you think about, you know, we've come through uh, just in the last 20 years, we've come through the whole idea of the Internet and then e-commerce, and then all of digital commerce, omni-channel, being able to sell products wherever the customer shops. And now we are into a very big wave of generative AI, which I'll speak about today as well. So that's why the name Digital Wave, we want to help our customers ride that wave until mm -hmm. the next wave of technology hits. That's really great. I mean, it actually, this alignment of what we had on Tuesday's show with Scott Stewart of... Uh... <gasps> Scott, Scott was a, yeah, Scott you saw it. I, I can't remember the TMA. Yes. I can't remember what it what it stands for right now. But he I mean he was talking a lot about this in terms of the waves. His was more in the terms of like what's happening financially. Silicon you know, Valley, yes. But yeah, yes, I mean, yes. there's a lot of overlaps here, and it's interesting to see how technology is kind of directly correlated, right? Who knows if it's yes, cause it and is. effect or just coincidence? Uh, but maybe a little bit of both. Yeah, his 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 um discussion was great. And Scott, if you're listening, I hope to I hope I can articulate things as well as you. But he oh. talked about Silicon Valley and the you know it's we're kind of now in a dip um in terms of investment and so forth. And the economy is very challenging right now. But at the same time we have this very exciting wave of technology. And so um you know it's kind of a dichotomy. But uh, what you know, we're, we're enjoying this because in a tough economy, we, mm -hmm. we really help our customers become more profitable and um, highly, you know, highly efficient at the same time. Of course. You know, so let's take this back to this current wave, this generative AI wave. And the question that we're hoping to answer today, uh, America, sure. what is that question? How can AI lead to profitable, profitable product sales, process efficiency, and higher customer satisfaction? Could you? Oh, I've seen that enough? title before. Yeah. What a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, again, we, like I said, we're an enterprise um, software company that 
really takes the product journey and and maps that out through you know through the um the companies we work with which are large brands you know fortune 100 type brands smaller brands as well and then the retailers as well that sell those products and um what we have really added to our solutions and also allowing customers to purchase standalone are some new generative AI. Uh, think of them as, as modules or solutions that they can purchase. And um, when you start to think about all the ways that you can use generative AI for products, um, there's many. And we're developing many different solutions as we speak. Um, just since January, generative AI has become very popular. Uh, one of the ways that um, we're using generative AI is that if you think about, you know, you think about a website, you know, think about a retailer's website that you may go to. Um, think about maybe the advertising you see, whether it be online, um, on a, you know, on, on a Instagram or TikTok, what have you. They all have content, product content, which is describing that product, telling its story. On a website, for example, a company like Neiman Marcus or Tapestry, they may be Coach Kate Spade. Those types of companies, they call that romance copy. They want to let you tell that story. And so now what we're doing with generative AI is we're automating that. Um, our systems allow you know, those stories to be created, but now generative AI will automatically tell that story about the product. So it'll automate that process by automating web copy, for example. Wow. Autom also think about if you're a big consumer brand, you know, that, you know, think about whether you make healthcare products or toothpaste or popcorn or um, candy bars, whatever it may be, you may, as a, uh, you do a lot of advertising. And with generative AI now, instead of having to hire and always work with a photography studio and really um, having to figure out which lifestyle image you may want to have behind the scenes and which product copy, we can automate that um, where it, the computer creates the lifestyle image, let's say of a lady holding a handbag or a gentleman eating a candy bar at Super Bowl. Um, and then that image is computer generated and likewise that copy, that brand copy is generated as well. So it's highly efficient and it actually tells the story incredibly well, um, you know, in a very efficient way. That's interesting. I wanted to take it back to this, the, the omni-channelness I think I get and yeah, sure. the, the story itself. But I guess my question is, is it, you alluded to this idea of it being the same story. But I'm also wondering, is it effective to have different stories depending on which channel you're utilizing, who the audience is that's more likely to be utilizing said channel? I mean, what you find in TikTok is going to be very different than what you're finding on Facebook or, or elsewhere. What does that look like? Like, how do we have this connectivity between the story yet the variations that different audiences might require? That's that's a great question, because the brand, brand equity, you know, as, as a consumer brand, and whether that be a, you know, again, a company selling um, a consumer product or this blazer, you know, fashion brand or a retailer with many different types of brands, um, they still want to convey the message in you know, their brand voice. But at the same time, to your point, 
um, you've, you've got to be able to tell that story differently depending on where that customer is shopping. Um, so for example, like you said on TikTok, you may want to tell that story with humor. You may, you're going to be, it's going to be a video story. Um, so what we're able to do is stay on, stay on brand topic, but at the same time, uh, make that story more personalized to where the customer's shopping. And we were able to store, if you will, in this, think of it as a gigantic database, if you will, of product information. We call it the single place to go and know all things product. We've got the videos, we've got the images, we've got a content depending on where we publish that content out to. So if I'm on TikTok, it's going to look very different because, and it's a very, usually a different audience, perhaps, um, a different generation of audiences than perhaps if we were to publish on Facebook. So right. we, we take all that into account. And this is real. Like this is happening. This isn't just your yes, projection of what AI is going to be doing. No. It is doing. No, this, this is real. Um, we have a long way to go with AI. You know, um, and we also use AI, for example, in determining the optimal pricing for products. So we, ha we have different solutions in, in more business terms of our industry. We have something called product um, experience management that, again, collects all that data, tells the story, publishes the data out. We have something called um, product master data management that houses everything and connects to, to uh, I should say hundreds, but dozens of systems in, in a large company's back office to pull all that data together. And then on the front end, um, also, as I mentioned, you know, we have price optimization coming up at the perfect price points. We have generative AI solutions that, that can plug into your, your, your website um, or your, um, you know, many different systems that then allow you to automate that process. We work with a lot of companies that have hundreds to hundreds of thousands to millions of products that they sell. So if you think of a large, um, think of a, a large uh, mass merchandiser, like a Target or a Walmart, or you think of a large department store, like a Neiman Marcus, um, they have millions of products, you don't realize, but they have to have all those descriptions, all the, that content, all the images, the videos, and they need to get to them at their, and, and continually update those, those products. To do all that manually is, is literally impossible wow. yeah. yeah it's it's possible but what happens is it takes forever to get products to market so with the systems that we provide what we do is we automate a lot of that processing and we're able to get those products to market much faster we're able to improve sales um, because uh, we improve the search uh, search what's called seo or search engine optimization um, and allowing customers to search and find those products much faster and making sure that, you know, your company's products mm -hmm. get selected. Wow. As one of your users with generative AI, how do you make sure that they are going to get or they are going to generate something unique? I'm thinking that, for example, if you want to create a campaign about selling shoes and there is another client of your that is also selling shoes, how do I make sure that that client mm -hmm. is, that is also my competition is not going to get the same solution? Yeah, yeah. that's, that's yeah. a really good question. I mean, I use using chat GPT just to like, 
play around and I found uh-huh, some meme, uh-huh, uh-huh. something where it's like you choose, you know, ex director, ex main actress, ex main um, actor, and then like some genre story, and then it's going to kick out this like movie description. And it was super fun and entertaining, but I'm like, they totally got their pulled their influence from or it, not they, whatever. you know I was like okay that's fun but it's definitely got like um you know Titanic influence and uh you know different things where I could immediately identify like the storyline that that was created right so I think that's a really great question how do you avoid duplicity It, it, it yeah it is a good question I think um you know one of the things in if you've experimented with generative AI it's all about the prompt um it's also about understanding the ethics and the security that you need to have with generative AI, because you don't want to tell your confidential information to different generative AI um, companies per se, um, and have it publicized. That's the, that's the big fear. Um, You know, you mentioned ChatGPT. We use ChatGPT and we use a number of other um, large language models and, and, and different types of um, generative AI. Um, to, to best describe it, what we do is, again, the company itself, we teach the company how to use the software. We can do a service if they want, but usually these large companies want to take things and make sure it's highly secure within their parameters. And within that prompt where you describe what you want, that company is going to, those prompts are confidential to the company. So they own those prompts. We don't. Um, our software is highly secure so that we're not through what's called API connectivity. We're not sharing that company's information at all with um, the generative AI behind the scenes. But what in that prompt, what companies can do is really talk in their own brand voice. They have certain ways that they want to communicate. They have certain specific, um, you know, uh, descriptions and you know something about the company that really gives that again that brand voice if i'm procter and gamble i used to work there i have a certain way that i communicate about my products and so that's how we keep it um confidential and secure that helps it does help excuse me i was also wondering about this idea of this at what point does quality control step in at what point is your recommendation that a human is intervening and saying, this is good to go, this isn't good to go. I mean, certain recent examples, I think we already talked about Target here, but a lot of this canceling, right? I'm, I'm not trying to get political. I'm not trying to go on no. one side of the fence or the other, but Target is a recent example. Bud Light is a recent example of like, whoops, that didn't really go the way that we expected it to go. Or maybe it did go the way that we expected it to go. I don't know. But how might that quality control component, at what point would you say we still need people? To be the ultimate oh, we need, decision maker. Let me let me be very clear. At least for a, I'll say for as the foreseeable future, um, I do not, um, and none, no one in our company believes that Gen AI should be used on autopilot. Uh, Gen AI should be used as your copilot, and you need human intervention. Uh, you need it to be secure so that your story and your confidential information is not shared outside. And we provide that security. But you also need the ethics of making sure that humans 
throughout the workflow of working with a product along its whole journey from the time the product's created all the way through to when that product is sold on the digital shelf or on the physical shelf, um, or, you know, or in the aisle, depending if it's, you know, if it's an apparel good or if it's, it's, it's a consumer product. Um, when you think about it all through that journey, we automate, automate, automate using generative AI. So we speed the process up. But those same humans that did that work before, they still need to be the oversight. And what generative AI gives them is that ability to step back and approve. Um, but you don't, at this point in time, I, you do not want to use generative AI as the mm -hmm. autopilot. You want it to be your co-pilot and make co you more efficient making you more efficient, broadening your bandwidth, right? Instead of me yes. maybe having 10 campaigns, I can now have 100 or, or something. Correct. That's right. And they're written, and they're probably written better. Because <laughs> when you think about how long it takes a human to write something and make it sound good, you know, uh -huh. generative AI is very quick. And it's very or we even get imaging like tunnel visioned or something, where it's like suddenly we're using the same voice and the same story everywhere. And I think maybe to help break out the creativity, mm -hmm. it could even be like a... Uh, I don't know that that little spark that like oh okay let's go down that path. Absolutely, absolutely. And another way we use generative AI is is um, something called product attribution. You say, well, gosh, what's that? And what it is is that when you look at any website, you know, of of, of any brand, any retailer out there, a bank selling products, they describe the product with sentences, right? The the copy as we call it, but then they have bulleted points about the product. You know, if it's shampoo, it might be for a certain hair type. It might be for a certain hair color. Um, it, you know, it, if it's a, um, a, a type of, say, uh, you know, in a drugstore, it's some sort of um, uh, over-the-counter medication. It's going to talk about the ounces, the type of, you know, the type of medication, for example, in, a in Tylenol. Um, if it's furniture, and, it talks about how to take care of it, or can it be machine washable? If it's a garment. Yeah, uh -huh. Machine yeah. washable. All those things are called attributes. And what a, a company gives a lot of thought to those attributes that they put in. The reason that is so important is because then when you go to search for that item as a, as a consumer, the person buying the product, you think about the way you want to describe the product, and you and that company selling the product wants that product to pop up first, right? They get more sales that way. The consumer's satisfied, aha, that's a perfect description of what I want, and they, and they purchase it. So generative AI, what we're able to do is instead of having to manually think of all those attributes, we're able to use different models so that we can look at an item, we can take attributes off the, off the image of the item. Hey, this is a blue blazer, certain brand, et cetera. We can then look at the um, different things like the, the manuals, the, the, um, the specifications for the product, read those in, and then automatically generative, generative AI produces those attributes, which in turn produces um, search engine optimization, which is what allows consumers mm -hmm. to find your product. Wow. This, this is like the machine learning component back there and like the data analysis like yes. we're, it's not just repeating the same story but it's also learning no, no, no. what stories worked and which ones didn't it's self-learning yes hmm. um so it does learn over time and you want it to learn in your own again as a company their own brand voice and that's you know that's really where we focus 
in addition to the capabilities to really bring that product through, you know, through the, the, the enterprise and, and um, things like product experience management and larger enterprise systems. Now we're adding chat GPT mm -hmm. uh, and uh, many other types of generative AI into those processes so that customers can say, Hey, I need to focus here first. You know, okay. let's, let's take 6 million items and generate the web copy and all the attribution. And, you know, it, it improves efficiency about, about, a, by about 90% we're finding. And then on top of that, you're able to get many more products out, tell a better story about the product, find it better in search. And the companies using this type of technology are going to both sell more and be, be more efficient at the same time. Mm -hmm. This technology feels like magic. This feels like this, no. that people were <laughs> not expecting this. Like this wave is here. How do you it's think huge. that the next wave is going to look like? Beyond generative AI? Yes. Yeah, great question. Um, boy, I wish I had a crystal ball for that. I think this wave is going to be here for, you know, at least the next decade. And the whole wave of AI, generative AI is only a piece of the whole AI wave. But I think what we're going to start to find is, again, more and more automation. Maybe at some point in the future, we can let go of some of the things and not be the co-pilot as humans. But for now, um, I think it's important that we stay that way. Um, the other thing which you're going to find, and some things we're already doing now in our, let's just, just say, in, in our um, experiment laboratory and our R&D team and data science team, is we're already putting you know, things together like voice on large systems so that a, the person can ask any question in plain English and then have it search for the specific data to answer that question. So... Um, I mean, right now, the, you know, the opportunities seem limitless. I, I think, you know, there's a long way to go. We're just at the very tip of the iceberg with generative AI and AI and making it more so that the average person and the average, you know, business people within companies and, you know, brands and, and retailers who we work with, um, it, it makes it so that um, the average business person can now use it without having to, you know, have the technology expertise behind it. Mm -hmm. Are you the real Lori? Uh, Are you the real Lori? That, <laughs> that you're utilizing digital way right no, now. No, no, no. The real Lori is 30 years younger, better looking. <laughs> I love Has it. more fun. <laughs> you know, I mean, now you got me laughing and I can't remember my question. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I mean, I think this, this is very fantastic. I do remember my question now. Um, this, okay. in, this idea of inclusivity, this idea of everyone, you know, like you were mentioning, be, being or maybe even we have to become engineers, right? This isn't the first time that this has come up on Dojo Live recently, I think in the last two, three months of prop, prompt engineering is where it's at. That is something that we all need to sharpen our skills with. I think the current younger generation won't have any problem with that, but it's a That's way right. to kind of keep up. I really like this idea of integrating voice with what you're doing. I think that's amazing. Not only is it convenient for anyone and everyone, but it's especially inclusive for those um, who might be visually impaired or, or anything else. I think yeah, that's, or that's amazing or auditory impairments. Um, mm -hmm. So what I would like to do, we're coming to the final few minutes of today's show. I'd like to bring sure. it back to you, Lori, as a person, as this wave you've been riding over the last 30 years, particularly as a 
woman. What have you seen? In t- there she is. There's Zoe. I told you she's going to interrupt the show today. Um, Hi, that's all good. Uh, so uh, what's this experience been like for you? What advice might you have uh, to stay on top of that wave and not to kind of crash and burn? Or if you do crash and burn, how do you recover? <laughs> well, you know, people, most people um, have trouble with change. Uh, I love change, but um, change is painful. And this is a big change. Um, at the same time, though, you have to change. You have to embrace change, I believe. Uh, doesn't mean that you can't be fearful, but you have to embrace change. Um, you have to be intellectually curious. Um, I, lo- I just love to learn, and I would encourage anyone, and especially in, you know, in business or even in their personal life, but um, as a businesswoman, um, to, to really learn, 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 and learn what's coming next, and look at how you can adapt to your company constantly, because what is happening now, especially with the different waves of technology, they're happening faster and faster and faster. And you think about how fast people caught on to ChatGPT and Gen AI. You know, it's only been well known for since the beginning of this year. I mean, when you think about it. And yet you look at, you know, back to the age of the telephone, how long did that take? You know, that took 10, 15 years. The internet, that still took a lot of time. Personal and what's happening computer. is personal computer. It, they all take a long, you know, they get shorter and shorter in terms of technology waves. So what I, I talk with my company about all the time, each, all of my, my staff and um, trying to keep them excited and embracing change all the time. Um, You have to be intellectually curious. You have to look ahead. Um, You, you want to make sure that, you know, you really um, understand and, and, you know, learn everything you can about what's happening and then applying that internally to say, okay, uh, where do we need to adapt to next? You cannot, the, the world of being a company that has a five-year business plan and sticks to that plan, that world's gone. And, you know, the world's now becoming um, something where you have to adapt all the time. Hmm. I love it. Any final tip that's helped you in that adoption uh, personally? Adaptate, adaptation, not adaptation. Adaptation. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, being intellectually curious, I think, right. is, is the key. Um, I, I read every morning, uh, you know, everything I can. I've, now I use generative AI to make myself more efficient um, in that reading and in watching videos. I make sure that I, you know, transcribe them quickly, read the transcription before in using generative AI before I have to read the whole thing and decide whether it's worth it. Um, so I'm looking in this new world of, in addition to my own company becoming more efficient, so that we can better help our customers, also each of us becoming more efficient and um, constantly learning, but applying some of this new technology to my day-to-day life. Huh. How can I get more? How can I get more done and focus on the right things? And there's a lot of tools out there now that are allowing me to be far more efficient in learning. That's one application of generative AI that hadn't even crossed my mind. Like, huh? I'm Absolutely. just going to copy paste this news article pop it here, ask for a summary. Do I want to read it or not? That's right. Think about about, this is on YouTube. And there's, you know, there's generative AI that you can just run a transcript from YouTube. It'll summarize it, top Mm -hmm. bullet points, read it. And then of course you're going to want to watch this whole web 
Of course, this show with Lori Schaefer has been fantastic. <laughs> Lori, thank you. It's been a pleasure learning from you today, um, spending this time with you. We wish you, of course, and Digital Wave Technology nothing but success as you move forward. And of course, you're welcome back on our show anytime. Uh, stick around for just one moment as we go off air. Sure. But before we do, we'd like to talk about the two shows we've got coming up next week. Um, America, are you ready for that? Or shall I dive in no you normally say we are going to talk about that on monday our in recap show. Our recap, <laughs> that's yeah. why i'm not adaptation <laughs> <laughs> we've got two shows coming up next week on the 8th and the 9th first with niftify with bruno ver and super social with jonathan raz friedman so check that out 10 o'clock pacific as always and uh, yeah, check out all of our great shows. Get those transcripts. Figure out if you want to watch them. And you will want to watch them uh, <laughs> here on Dojo Live. Until next time, take care, everyone. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you. You're welcome. Check out past episodes, transcripts, blogs, and more on our website, dojo.nearsoft.com.